You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. I am Spencer Hall, uh, joining me as always. Uh, you know, Ryan Nanny, live from beautiful New York City. Hi, Ryan. Is it? No, no. You just have to say that. It's a trademark. It's copyrighted. There's What are, what are the reasons people live here? I don't know. I don't. Because I, I can tell you what I thought they were. Mm-hmm. There's, cult, there's culture. You know what? Everything's on the internet now. You can get culture wherever you, you can. You can have a virtual tour of a museum. Yeah, you can watch almost any movie from any time. Probably a recording of an original Broadway show, if you'd like to. That probably exists. Yeah. Um, food. Food. Hey, you know what's got lots of food? Everywhere else. You know where it doesn't cost as much? Everywhere else. Uh, oh, but you know, transit. Transit's so nice here. You don't need a car. What if you want to live in tall Jacksonville? Like, like you're in Jacksonville and you're like, oh, I love how it takes about a day to traverse this city, but I wish it was also tall and could block out the sun. Cause, mm, ew, and, ex- and expensive, like five times as expensive as Jacksonville. And, and, and it's so tall you can go underground as well. But also I'd like sometimes the weather to be garbage. Like garbage cold and dark. And not, yeah, not like hot garbage, even though, oh, oh you got that too, but just uh, maybe, maybe, maybe make every season bad. And like Jacksonville, I, I'd like it to not have an NBA team. <laughs> Great. I live in tall Jacksonville. I hate my life. Tall Jacksonville. You know who can lives? I make it, can, I make, can I make it worse before we get to Jason? I'm sorry. Sure. I'm worried this Outback thing's not going to happen. If you're not familiar... Ryan is negotiating, talking to, lobbying, attempting to become the Bloomin' Onion, correct, mascot? You yeah, want to be the Bloomin' Onion. You would, you would not settle for coconut shrimp, right? No. If they come back with coconut shrimp, they can kick rocks. That's not happening. He wants to be the Bloomin' Onion mascot at the Outback Bowl. And after some initial negotiating, after some promising contacts, I believe that that batter has gone cold. It's just gone silent, man. And, like, listen, I get that Outback is busy. They're literally feeding America, okay? They're doing the jobs that our mothers and fathers gave up on. They're nourishing us. And that's a serious job. And I don't want them to get distracted from it. But at the same time, I'm just going to ask our listeners straight out. I, if you can tweet at Outback and the Outback Bowl politely, I really need to emphasize, I don't want you to harass them. I don't want you to come at them. I just want you to just be like, hey, you know, a nation turns to you out back. How are we looking on Celebrity Hot Tub as the Bloomin' Onion? 
that happening. Just I want you to sort of treat this like you're Cindy Lou Who and Outback is the Grinch. And that sounds bad, but you know what? The Grinch in the end, the Grinch the Grinch has a heart that grows three sizes and he he would need it to eat a whole blooming onion. You do need your heart to grow that that fast. Because you're gonna you're gonna need some extra arterial capacity. I mean that's that's yeah. that's, that's that's required. I think we need you all also to make Twitter lists of and call it like places I might eat this weekend, you know, and you also follow Chili's and O'Charlie's and Applebee's and Ruby Tuesday and Longhorn. Um, and who else? Who else? You know, all those. And you have Applebee's in there and then you tweet Applebee's like, hmm, maybe you can maybe you can help me tip the balance here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too proud if another chain restaurant wants to sponsor a bowl and have some sort of, you know, if if. Chili's, if you want to do like a dancing fajita, I'll do that. I'll sizzle for you. Sure. Oh, Charlie's, if you want Buffalo to do a dancing, Wild Wings. dancing dinner roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bennigan's, if you want to do, you know, I'm the big green cocktail. I think the only. Actually, I don't. I, I draw the line of Bennigan's. I think the only Bennigan's that are still actually in existence and really sort of thriving are in South Korea. From what I remember, South Korea. I'm I'm not kidding. I think South Korea really loves Bennigans. This can be verified. Hold on. Yeah, South. Keep, we'll uh, send Ryan to South Korea. We don't care. But, I hear South Korea is awesome this time of year. Currently, Bennigans operates 23 domestic and 39 international locations. Mm-hmm. And where are those? So, oh no! Uh, I can't believe the dynasty's dead. The operator of Bennigan's in South Korea has announced that all locations in the country will be closed by January 31st, 2016. Yeah. No! I'm counting six in Mexico, two in El Salvador, one in Panama, um, fucking four in Cyprus, Bahrain. Cyprus, Cyprus, <laughs> Cyprus code crazy for the Monte Cutter Frisco. Has, <laughs> yeah, Qatar has two and the UAE. Dubai has one. Um, yeah, let's get that Bahrain Bennigan's bowl. That one in Dubai. As as... That one in Dubai is actually probably just in some emir's house. It's probably just right. in one one guy's house, right? Like he he's just crazy about Bennigan's, and it's like, can I can I build one in my house? <laughs> What's uh, ask my he's got, accountant? He's got it inside it. It's it's like inside his basement Shoney's. Yeah, his basement Shoney's. <laughs> There's four Bennigan's coming soon. One is in Jackson, Tennessee. One's in um, Monahans, Texas. The others are El Salvador. You're getting another one, and Bahrain is uh, is getting. <laughs> we can't put a fifth on Cyprus. Come on. <laughs> you know, if we there really might not be a room. So, anyway, yeah, just you know, let Outback Bull know. Let the Outback uh, Steakhouse corporate account know that just you're paying attention. That's all. Don't be mean. Don't be aggressive. Just let them know that this matters to you. Big eyes. And hopefully it will matter to them. I'm sorry. We can introduce Jason now after that five-minute spiel. Oh, hey, Jason. Living in beautiful Kennesaw, yeah. Georgia, which is, uh, I believe has everything New York has without the costs. H- how are you? Yeah, we have a mediocre baseball team, too. Mm-hmm. I say that without any knowledge of how New York's baseball teams are doing. I assume yeah. they're doing um, not great. It, it, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Well, we, remember thing, we were having this discussion. <laughs> we were having this discussion about baseball earlier this week, where somebody mentioned that Mike Trout is apparently the greatest baseball player of all time, which is kind of like being the greatest telegrapher or train conductor of all time new, in the year two thousand seventeen. Greatest numismatist, saloon or, or, or what? what uh, saloon engineer. Accountant, ba- the greatest accountant of all time. No, like, oh, wait, like that's, that's that's Ben Affleck. Stage, Never mind. <laughs> stagecoach driver. That's you're like, man, Mike Trout's an amazing stagecoach driver. He's a phenomenal. Uh, he's a phenomenal. Like, uh, trireme. Like, pilot, like, like, right? Horse, horse riding, archery. Yeah, the he's, guy who throw the guy who throws the net. In uh, gladiatorial games, net dudes. <laughs> screw that! Screw that dude! By the way, the, the lamest the, of all gladiators is the one who's just like net, net man. It's like net Batman man. villain, kite if man. You, if you think about it, he's the original Spider Man. 
<laughs> that's yeah. the original. And, and that's why they had to redo him, because everyone hates Net Guy in the glass. <laughs> Especially, let's, let's examine this, by the way. Nets in the Roman era, people say, hmm, the craftsmanship of ancient craftsmen. No, Nets yeah. had to suck back then. They had to be awful. You could probably, like, poke your finger through it. And be like, Netman, you have the worst strategy ever. But, I have a spear. But you, you know what? That net smelled terrible, I bet. Oh, they didn't wash it? No. No None chance. Of that. No, zero chance of that, right? They're like, Sm- smelled, smelled like fish and piss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah well, ev- everything see... smelled pretty bad. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched the, uh, watched, you know, Hercules or if you've ever watched any gladiator shows, they're, uh, they're, you know, they're typically like, wow, there's this big room full of hot, sweaty guys. And the Empress mm-hmm. is walking through them, looking admiringly. And that's not how it was. That, that place yeah. that place stank like a stable. I was walking through like, man. Just just like New York City. Just like New York. We brought it back around, didn't we? We, tonight on the full cast, I'm, I'm going to say tonight because time isn't real. And you're probably time listening eight. to this at night. Sure, you have no evidence for that, but let's go with that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that the shame of listening to this podcast <laughs> means you're the, listening. The to busiest the time is 7 a.m. People listen on the way to work. Um, I don't know why. I guess to get the worst part of their day out of the way. But <laughs> if you're listening to this, I think that you are spiritually you are in a night mode. Um, just pretend you just watched a terrible Pac-12 game. Exactly. So. But we're bringing you down from that. We're going to examine a couple of, more than a couple of indefensible hot 2017 season prediction takes submitted by our readers, because we're we're not short on them. But you probably heard most of them, right? I'm good for I'm good for at least five insane guesses that never happen, right? Right. For instance, uh, I'll pick Washington to win the national title every year. It'll just happen. I'll be like, yeah, Washington. Why not? I mean, one year I'll be right, in theory. Or you won't. Or you'll never be right. Or you'll let, your life will be a collection of wrong. That's, well, in keeping with the theme, yeah. Sorry. But but Sorry. I'm good for that. Ryan, I mean, do you, you, you do have one. I know for all of your universal pessimism and negativity about the future, you have to right. have at least one prediction for what will happen. Yeah. Oh, I always, I, I am the king and I was discussing this the other day that I am the king of like, you ask me to predict a uh, college football playoff four and I guarantee you, I will give you a team that finishes below 500. Like a couple years ago, I was like, yeah, Georgia tech coming off a nine win season. Really like what they're doing. Boom. Cratered. Like I, <laughs> oh, Auburn. Auburn, you know, I think they've got to go. Nope, Auburn going to play like sh- so. So this year, who is that team going to be? Um, shit, let's go Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma, you're my pick to make the playoff. You're you're going to finish five and seven. I'm sorry, I did this to you. I like Whoops. this. By by the way, has anyone pointed out that the entire state of Oklahoma is in the state of cra- in the hands of like ancient tradesmen because they have Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield. I mean, look at that. We got we got ourselves like the beginnings of a village in the game of civilization. OU is like already a step ahead. Fishmonger Callahan comes in. <laughs> it's never a bad idea. Like we had Big Twelve names, and we'll probably do like at least another three posts that are just absolute shit posts where yeah. we list Big Twelve QB names because you can make them all day long. It's very easy to just pick a tradesman, right? That's true. Cooper, right? I mean, Alabama had a Cooper. Cooper Bateman. Mm-hmm. That's like double trade. <laughs> is that a is that a trade? Do you coop? Yeah, no, Cooper. Yeah, Coop Coopers make barrels, I think. Yeah, they were barrel okay. makers. Yeah, so Coop Cooper Coop. Or, I'd rather go by barrel maker if you ask me. Barrel maker Bateman. Dozer. Yeah, hell yeah. I feel like Dozer can be a name. Yeah, no, it's already a thing in Oklahoma once. So yeah, you could totally have that. Um, Jason, do you have any initial hot takes that we could just get out of the way before we get to our readers' far superior hot takes? <laughs> we've gone through, we've gone through all of them, uh, bit by bit during this series. Um, and just looking at the board, uh, I mean, I've hit, I've Wake Forest beating Louisville, um, USC losing to Notre Dame. 
you know, just weird stuff like that. Let's let's recap first. You know, as usual, we did our predicted picks or predicted finishes for the uh, Power Five teams, and we did this without any regard to how math actually works. So much of what we say is probably impossible, um, and we don't care. But we we also did this without regard to what this would look like nationally. I mean, every time we go through a division, we just look at that division. We just say, what is this team going to finish? And we don't necessarily think about, okay, what does that leave us for a playoff? So, Jason, have you pulled together what our accidental college football playoff looks like right now? Yes. So we had four teams going 11-1. and And when I say going, I mean Spencer and I agreeing on 11-1. and um, Ohio State is one. Yeah. Oklahoma is another. USC is another. And Washington is the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you see, Florida State, um, uh, Spencer did not want to give a prediction, so they're out. Right. And I believe he said 10-2 and two at some point. Alabama, neither, no one wanted to talk about them at all, so they're out too. Right. Uh, so somehow fair. the Pac-12 has gotten two teams in. And, and the SEC, the SEC and the is AC, out. The, the SEC and the ACC have <laughs> the, no. Brain. The last, two, yeah, the last two conferences with champion, or the, the the last two national title conferences are out. Um, and based on the schedules, I, I think uh, Ohio State probably has the edge, just in terms of schedule strength, and since that's the only thing to go on. Plus, if the Oklahoma game is at home, then that's a win over another playoff team. Um, and then from there, the other three, you could mix them up however you want. So there's your playoff. So, and th- what I also like about this is it ignores the fact that if USC and Washington both finish eleven and one, they will play each other unless uh, unless somebody else in that division is undefeated. But presumably, they would play each other in the Pac-12 championship game. And what we are saying is that that game is just for seeding. Yeah. Yeah, that game is just to see whether you get to avoid or whether you get to avoid Ohio State or not, or just play a rematch. Let's just do a rematch. Let's just do in the playoff. Let's do USC versus Washington and Ohio State versus Oklahoma. <laughs> both of them rematches, and meanwhile, Bama and Florida State can go play in the Cotton Bowl a rematch. Good. You know that's how well, it's going to work out, Bowl, right? Either that or the Pac-12 just becomes something like Washington State versus Arizona State. <laughs> if with two Colorado eight and four teams, again. Yeah, two eight and four teams that both lost to FCS schools, <laughs> right? It'd be like a, it'd be like a, it'd be like a nine and seven Stanford. Stanford, how did you play sixteen games? We're just very busy. We're very diligent. We're very. We just yeah. uh, we work hard at what we do. We we get here early. We don't leave till late. Um. All right. So already we have the boldest take. Because I've looked through a lot of what people sent us on Twitter, and nobody had anything quite as dumb as the the SEC and the ACC <laughs> get shut out, and the Pac-12 gets two teams in. Proud of you, Jason. Yeah. Oh, my God. But imagine it. Imagine the anguish, the torment that would result. Quite a especially, bit. <laughs> especially because this means we would be playing a national championship in Atlanta, and we would have the closest conceivable team would either be Ohio State or Oklahoma. Let's set it up so we could possibly yeah. have USC versus Washington in the national yeah. title game. Yeah. I was going to say, can we move this even further out? That'd be great. Can we get two teams that don't – like? Can, you want two teams that will never show up? Florida. Let's get Florida and USC or Florida and Washington oh in the national title. Jesus. Florida fans are like, I don't know, I had boat repairs. Can't afford can't afford to come to the game. Sorry. That UMass Hawaii game. Let's just reroute that one. Um great. So with that, man, I don't know. I don't know where you want to start with some of these really insane predictions we got. I got one that's the one that sounds crazier to me. Go for it. From the North remembers Dr. Doe Stacks on Twitter, Texas Tech top 100 defense. Woo. That's crazy. That's crazy oh, talk. That's yeah, um, man. When is? I mean, I'm gonna assume that we're ta- we're not talking like 
a Bill C number, and we're just let's just say this is going to be what yards per play. Let's do yards per play. So last year, um, looking at one twenty six. So this would represent <laughs> a, a slick one twenty six. Um, that that itself was a fall from the year before, where they were one twenty two, <laughs> and the year before that they were one oh six. So this would so uh, I'll keep going. Uh, go okay. So we if we go back to twenty thirteen, that uh, that year they finished fiftieth. But if you're just looking at the last three seasons, which by definition, nobody on that twenty thirteen team that played will be playing for you now, uh, barring like a medical red shirt or something. Uh, yeah, you would have to reverse a very precipitous course that wasn't even achieving this to start with. You could have massive improvement and still not crack double digits. This is why I'm really glad that Pat Mahomes went to the Kansas City Chiefs because people go, I don't know, we're going to protect a young quarterback? And I'm like, he's used to it. Doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, we want the defense to really take care of him. Don't worry about it. He doesn't even understand the concept. (laughs) Put him out there. He's going to have to find the ball. He's going to have to throw the ball 40 times a game. I'm like, he was doing that when first down stopped, and he was throwing 80 passes a game. Doesn't matter. Throw him out there. It's Texas Tech. Nothing matters. This is impossible, right? This can't happen. No, it's not happening. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. I, I, I mean, if it does, because it's Texas Tech, it will be paired with the offense just falling off a cliff. And, like, if we're using raw numbers, and yards per play is a, is a reasonably fair raw number, at least it accounts for pace, uh, hey, you got to play Arizona State and Houston in your non-conference. That's, that's you gotta not going to help. you got to play Eastern Washington, which has been a, a pretty yeah. solid offensive team yeah. in years past. The, yeah. Um, I, will... I mean, I'll, I'll be glad if they're top 120. Yeah, man. If they get if they, if they, one ten, let's aim for one ten, boys. Listen, so, if they're top, if they're top one thirty out of one thirty, that's something. So to, if they so don't get relegated. One, so, so to give one more, <laughs> so so this is the team. Um, these are the teams that were ninety eight through one hundred last year: UTEP, UMass, and Ole Miss. <laughs> so so it's a little different when you say. Can't you have a defense as good as UMass? But um, here's all right. Here's the other thing I'll say. Because because these are all none of these are like qualitative rankings. They're just sort of where you line up. There is a path where Texas Tech winds up top 100, but it's not because they're better. It's because a bunch of teams got super bad. And so that's the only path where I see this happening, where it's just like, oh, no, uh, Tennessee's given up 800 yards a game. Pitt, you've somehow gotten far worse. Kansas, Missouri. And these are teams that maybe are capable of that, but God. And like, like oh, no, Clemson had 50 players suspended. 50 of them. You just need so many teams to be bad. So many. Mm. So, speaking of unwatchable things, I would like to start with another one here. Uh, The first one I would like to do is from Ham Knight. I love this name. I love that. Ham Knight. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Is it Knight with an N or a K? No, I think it's it's N, and I think that's better, because it's like, Ham Knight! Everybody, it's I like like both versions, but you're right. As opposed to like, ye old Ham Knight. No, this is like, Ham Knight! (laughs) Ham Knight like, in Jackson, Mississippi. I like, I like Ham Knight with a K because it suggests like a theme restaurant that's not trying very hard. I was thinking about a salad. We were thinking ham. <laughs> and you ham could night. have Ham Knight at the Ham Knight. Hey, y'all come on down to the Ham Knight. It's Ham Knight. I'm a member of the Ham Knights, uh, Tallapoosa, Alabama. Uh, you know, we're a civic <laughs> it's organization. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Shriners, the Hungry yeah, Shriners. Yeah. <laughs> We, yeah, we wear edible fezes. We promote you fellowship. You just put a ham in the bucket. Racism. Yeah. We provide a scholarship, but it's only in Dorito form. Yeah. I mentioned Alabama because uh, at T underscore Astrical suggests that, and I quote, 
Alabama will be interesting to watch. <laughs> I, do I do think this is actually true. I do. Not maybe for the reasons you would expect, because, I mean, we are replacing Lane Kiffin, and I'm not saying this with any trace of irony or sarcasm, but that's not easy. You don't just replace Lane Kiffin, man. You don't replace an aggressive offensive mind that somehow managed to change the way things are done at Alabama with like some schlep from the Patriots. No, no, this will look different. In addition to that, if I can just make things slightly more interesting for Alabama, slightly, who's their quarterback right now? Still Jalen Hurts. That, that's correct. That's correct. Um, who did they go hard on? This season to recruit him. That would be Hawaii four-star Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Tua T, as we call him. Tagovailoa. Oh, uh, sweet tea. Sweet, yeah, that's that's what... Okay. (laughs) Oh, sweet tea there. I mean, this is one of two teams that could have kind of an an unexpected quarterback controversy if Jalen Hurts is to struggle at all. And being a young quarterback under slightly new management, that's very possible. It's not, you know, mind you, I don't think that the dysfunction results in anything like a collapse on the air. They're still so good and so deep that on autopilot, they can win eight games, right? Particularly in an SEC West where a few things happen this offseason, right? But offensively, they managed to actually fight their way out of some games last year and the previous year and had to. So there's little, you know, like... You don't want to be the person who says Alabama's dynasty's over because um, that's been wrong. It's been wrong for you know what ever since like Texas A and M beat them with Manziel, right? Like ah, it's over. No, no, more more beatings will will follow, right? Until morale improves, but they're just little little cracks, little stressors that you can kind of look on. It's been a while since they turned over their offensive staff like this, so it's at least worth keeping an eye on until. The inevitable happens, the talent kicks in, and we all have to watch them be really good again. The Florida State game is going to be what proves if this is right or wrong, because look at the rest of the schedule and tell me where, where else it's going to come. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see. I mean, no. Nah. I mean, to me, okay, you're, you're losing Lane Kiffin. That makes your offense more boring. That also makes the sideline less, less entertaining. Yeah. Think about, you know, last year, the Western Kentucky game, it produced memes because Saban was, quote, chewing Kiffin's ass on the sideline, you know, mm. and, and you had Jonathan Allen coming out and saying our, our biggest joy in life was getting Kiffin yelled at. And Jonathan Allen's gone, too. So there go your two most entertaining figures, you know, and they're replaced in part by a dude from the NFL. No, Not just no, the NFL. Bam ain't Bam ain't interesting. The Patriots. The most NFL of all NFL. Yeah, the guy, the yeah. pe- the people that you hire based strictly on, I don't know, associative excellence. You're like, wow, it was really close to that guy. Do you think that Nick Saban will ever hire a coach because that coach used to be a Nick Saban assistant? Like, we're going to try and get some of that Bama to rub off on us. Like, wait, what? It'll happen. Give it time. Um, all right, we'll stay SEC with this one. This is from Chase Harding at C. Talo H3. South Carolina will beat Clemson, win the East, and play a fun, competitive game against Bama in the SEC championship game. Let's take these in order. Yeah. South Carolina will beat Clemson. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, is that funny? Yes, that's funny. That would be yeah. very funny because I know how it's going to happen, too. Final score, 13-10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With with none of the thirteen coming from uh, offensive touchdowns. That's right. Like ben, Bentley, Bentley will like get all of the credit in a game where he does nothing, where he throws like two field seven goals, passes, two field goals, and a fumble return. That's what it'll be. We play ball control. Uh, um, South. So so I'm going to say that this is the second. This is the middle uh, likelihood of the, these three. Win the East? You know what? I'll put that at the top. That's the most likely because the East is, sure, 
why not? Why not South Carolina winning the SEC East? Would it? Would that? Would that be like truly shocking to anybody at this point? No. I, I like the idea of just let's just say every team in the SEC East has a one seventh chance. They're just all equal. It's it's kind of like fighting over which monopoly piece you start with. It's like it doesn't matter. It's all just going to be about how the bones roll. See, this okay. is this is this is where I get really heavy on Kentucky for a couple of reasons. One, humor. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, Bob Stoops just retired, and Mike is you know along for the ride. This is where Mark takes the big piece of chicken at the Stoops dinner table, right? <laughs> this is where this is where like Bob stands up to carve the turkey, and Mark I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping on the top bunk this year. <laughs> yes, that's it. You're gonna have to smell my farts now, Bob. Because I sleep in the big bed. Like, yeah, that's this is where they let him up in the treehouse, finally. The Stoops family yeah, I mean, treehouse. I, I, I'm not, like, I'm not going to come out here and say, yeah, pick South Carolina and win the East. But of these three, sure. Uh, the least likely is fun competitive game against Bama in the SEC championship game because those two are diametrically opposed. If South Carolina plays a competitive game against Bama in the SEC championship game, it will be terrible. I could see what if you did like three minute quarters, like you're playing NCAA because then it could be fun and competitive because it would be fun because it'd be short. It will be like, no, no man. It will be like, watching two people who just got woken up and have never run before run a marathon. <laughs> it, it, Why? It, which would be, you know, that would be competitive. It would not be fun. But yeah, it would be short. The, yeah, you know the, the, 40, the 40% rule, if you're familiar with that. It's, you know, Navy SEALs are like, when you think you're done, you've actually only done 40%, right? Those people running would get like three miles in and be like, oh, God, I can't do anymore. And they're like... <laughs> You're only 40% done, and you're still not going to finish. That's You have a ways to go. That's what this would look like. Um, I already don't want to watch the SEC championship game. I definitely don't want to watch it if it's South Carolina, Alabama. Well, this one made me laugh out loud when I was reading through them. From Tim Bettner, I believe is the pronunciation. The at handle is Timmerby. Five words. Mark D'Antonio to Ole Miss. And I like this because it's like you got in trouble, and now here, here now here, we had to tell your father, and here he comes. He's gonna come and sit you down and give you a long talk with like 19 words in it. This is the film, The Substitute, where you're like, these kids are out of control. We need to bring in a military man to beat up Mark Anthony. <laughs> yeah, and he's just gonna sort of. Well, well, let, all right. We can we can work our way through this. I mean, he played at South Carolina. SEC he's, ties. <laughs> he's from Texas. He's uh, by... um. His teams are very boring, and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what Ole Miss could use right now. Just a nice, nice, boring couple years. Sure, they perform well with a chip on their shoulder, right? He doesn't take jokes well. Hey, you you want to see MSU go three and nine, don't you? Well, I got the guy to hire. <laughs> wouldn't you, Ole Miss? Wouldn't you like to see MSU driven into the dirt? I'm just kidding, Coach. Don't 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 come yell at me. Sure, you know what? Why not? Let's. This would be this would be wonderful for everyone involved. We we discussed this possibility, and it's not like it'll sound crazy when we say it. But Garrett Mueller is throwing out uh, at. MU11ER on Twitter. 11 in all caps by the way. I'm going to say it's all caps. So I'm going to give you the all caps. You ready? 11 and 1 Oregon. Oh my god. Which I mean that's a whew, that's that's brisk, but I will tell you this. Offensively, the talent is there for 11 and 1. Defensively, you got 1 and 11 in you. So <laughs> you might, on the theory that they could not be any worse than last year defensively, and based with that, I'm not saying 11 and one can happen, but you know, by percentages, you're not you're within a, a standard deviation or two of that, right? Like we, I believe we ultimately decided that like eight and four, nine and three is totally possible, correct? Yeah. And once not you take out the hoke factor, the defense is more like four and eight. So. 
Where's Brady Hoke now? Where 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 is he by the way? He's at the University of Tennessee. Yeah, so remember when we said that one out of seven chance at winning for everybody involved in the SEC East is a good calculation? <laughs> we dial that down a little bit for one particular team. They can't go eleven and one. That's no. that's absurd. I'm saying it's not completely untrue. It's not it's not okay. it's not the dumbest it's, prediction you can make. <laughs> yeah. It's not the silliest thing you people sent us. I mean, it was it was easier before um, one of their one of their starting uh, wide receivers pled out a DUI and now plays for a different Pac-12 team. So huh. that's fun. Huh. <laughs> you try? Are you trying to say that a team will just take a transfer no matter what he's done? Yeah, but it was Utah, which was the confusing part. Well, let's put it this way: it's very difficult to get drunk in Utah. It's the safest place for everyone involved. Um, I'm looking at the schedule now, and maybe it's not that crazy. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's not. No, <laughs> the optimism is not crazy, right? The number yeah. might be crazy. The optimism is not. Yeah. Well, can we bump Ohio State out of our playoff and get Oregon in there? Three Pac-12 teams. <laughs> no, let's let's settle it this way. Whoever wins the Ohio State Oklahoma game, they get a spot, and then the okay. other three spots are all packed up. That is fair. And Oregon at eleven and one would lose to Washington. Would lose out to a Washington at eleven and one for the Pac-12 championship spot because obviously their one would be to Washington, and so they're in the playoff with the extra benefit of a week extra rest. Everything's coming up Oregon in this scenario. National champion Oregon Ducks. There it is. <laughs> See, you gave us something dumb and we made it dumber. Easy. Um, all right. This is from Nathan at Nesty with uh, four E's on Twitter. The Terps, your Maryland Terrapins, beat Penn State in Texas, and they don't make a bowl game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I can see it. That was in uh, 2007. That was the thing they did. They beat top two top ten teams and finished five and seven, I think, six and six. So so, um, if they if they beat Penn State and Texas, the first and last games of their season, they will need to uh, beat four of the following teams to get bowl eligible, not accounting for the five and seven. The five and seven academic entry. Uh, I'm just going to list them: Towson, UCF, Minnesota, Ohio State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Indiana, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, entirely plausible. You you think it's entirely plausible that they wouldn't that they would beat Texas and Penn State, Texas <clears> on the <throat> road, mm, no, and not and no. not and not beat. Let's say Towson's <laughs> an easy one, so now they just have to beat. I'll just throw it out. Rutgers, Indiana, one of Minnesota, Northwestern, UCF, Michigan State. The second part I of the compact is entirely possible. Yeah, they could lose to all those possible. teams. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. could lose to all those teams. But the second part of that compact is entirely possible. Uh, the first part, in other words, I think you can take care of the house, son. But the down payment, the down payment cannot be made. You'll, you'll never get that. Okay, so they'll never beat those two teams. Right. Although, really, like, what do we know Texas is capable of at all? Like, extreme that's, disappointment. Extreme disappointment. That's about it. Right. We don't know. People are like, mm, I want Texas. Texas and Tom Herman. Right? Tom Herman in Texas. Just keep saying that over and over again. It sounds great. It's very confidence instilling, but there's no, there's very few provens there whatsoever other than, ah, it's a good coach and that money, the university's got a lot of money. That's it. Penn State, on the other hand? Mm. I mean,. If you can't picture Penn State going eleven and one and losing it in a rivalry game that they don't even want to be a part of, I don't. I don't know, man. You're, you're unfamiliar. <laughs> that with is this on operation. the table. Yeah, I mean that is that the Penn State Maryland game is one in which we've already seen Penn State get out coached. So uh, James, James, yeah. the man, James Franklin's there to say hi and recruit people. Man, don't, <laughs> don't let's not let's not put this on him. We we know what you are. That's a that's a CEO right there. Man, he looks good in the boardroom. Incredibly rude. Um, Jason, <laughs> you got one? Yeah, from Charles, I guess the last name is Fraga. Fragnificent KW. 
Harbaugh will fail to win his first ever conference or even division title yet again and still somehow be considered an elite coach. Um, not outrageous, and I think that is all probably accurate. But I don't know. I looked up real quick just a a list of coaches who have won Power Five division division titles um, since divisions became a thing. Let me run through this list real quick. And you tell me which of these coaches you would rather have than Jim Harbaugh, assuming Jim Harbaugh finishes third in the Big Ten East yet again. Okay. Gary Barnett, Brett Bielema, Terry Bowden, Bill Callahan, Gene Chizik, David Cutcliffe, Larry Fedora, Kirk Ferentz, Todd Graham, Jim Grobe, Mark Helfrich, Jeff Jagodzinski, Paul Johnson, Jim McElwain, Jim Mora, Rick Neuheisel, Houston Nutt, Bo Pelini, Rich Rodriguez, Steve Sarkeesian, Jackie Sherrill, R.C. Slocum, or Tommy Tuberville. Any any takers? Tubbs. Tubbs to Michigan. There it is. Tubbs to Michigan. <laughs> Tubbs over Harbaugh. That's one. But the, isn't the flip side of this, like, how the fuck can you not join this sad club? <laughs> That's the other part. It's like, it's impossible to to call him anything but an elite coach based on he has immediately turned around four straight programs. And yes, I'll consider the San Francisco 49ers a program and not a franchise. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the, there's no banners. There's no, no banner is being hung and yet we have no choice but to consider him elite. So we're in this weird position between saying that, but the proof requires context and nuance and is complicated and like, Buddy, Popolini won two different divisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't win one. Rick Neuheisel and Jim Mora won back-to-back. Neuheisel got fired after winning a division. <laughs> Jesus. Let me, give you, let me give you a palate cleanser here, one that is pure joy, and one that, while being defined as a hot take, feels like the most right, like the rightest, most appropriate outcome. This is from Faux Jacob Gambrell at... That Gambrell guy, not the other Gambrell guy. A 3-0 and Old Miss beats Bama and Tuscaloosa. Interim titles removed as Matt Luke gets the head job. Rebels finish the season 4-8. and This is 100% happening. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the only way it can happen. They're like, Matt Luke's the guy for the job. Boom, you got Bill Stewarted. No way they aren't going 4-8 and after that. Ugh. We're going to run the program his way. Ice cream every day, y'all. Woo! Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> that's the Charlie Weiss extension, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, that would be that. like... That would be if he's like 3-2 and two or something. <laughs> Starts 0-2, but then beats Bama. <laughs> Gets that interim deal. He signs for $3.2 million a year. Then he goes 4-8. and eight. Yeah. That's happening. This one, uh, this one comes from Will Ackle at Wackle on Twitter. Wisconsin has an undefeated regular season, loses the Big Ten title game, and misses the playoff for a two-loss SEC team. If you look, this one actually feels like it has a decent chance because Wisconsin's schedule, man, it's it's got it's got potential for some um, some interesting elements. They start with Utah State. They go to BYU, but like it's there's not a lot of meat on here. There's the Michigan game. Other than that, there's nobody in here that you're like, oh boy, Wisconsin really better you know get ready for that. Which means that it's entirely possible that they face a team in the Big Ten national, uh, the Big Ten championship rather, that they're not prepared for, not as good as, can't hang with which is fine. Uh, and then, yeah, I think this schedule is, pr- it, it, this sort of feels a little Washington-y from last year in the sense that Wisconsin could be really good win loss-wise this year, but if they don't run the table and they lose the, and they lose the uh, championship game, I mean, shit, if Washington had lost that Pac-12 championship last year, if the playoff committee's rankings are to be believed, a two-loss team would have gotten over them. Penn State, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't have any problem suggesting that 
this Wisconsin team with this schedule, unless something about it is scarier than any of us have predicted, um, yeah, they could easily do this. This is this would be almost too easy for them to pull off. So you're saying when FAU pulls off eleven and one, that mm-hmm. looks really really nice for Wisconsin. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. It always comes back to Lane. It always comes back to Lane. Yeah, I'm I'm almost rooting for it now just to see just to see what happens when when Big Ten fans have to swing the car all the way to the other <laughs> lane because last year it was like Washington schedules bullshit Penn State got fucked to No! We deserve credit for making it to Why would you penalize us for playing in the conference championship game? This is nonsense. Scoring margin is what matters most. <laughs> Look at the scoreboard. It's as if my evaluation of objective facts is only affected by my subjective interests in this sport. Uh, yeah. No, that couldn't be. Here's one. It's from Glenn Matthews. That Glenn Matthews with Fs. Drew Locke wins the Heisman. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, he's not going to. All right. Like, well, he's a quarterback. But. But. You should know a few things about Drew Locke. Because I bet you don't. Because <laughs> who watched Missouri last year? Right? Um, you have to know that uh, their offense actually put up really decent numbers. Now, they had to because their defense consisted of a series of ornately produced paper mache replicas of football players who they hope will grow into real boys this year. And, you know, probably will because... Again, it's one of those, how could they be this bad two years in a row, especially with a defensive coordinator as coach? It's just not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, threw for 3,000 yards. Wasn't untidy with the ball. Had 23 TDs, right? He was pretty good and and could be pretty good against, you know, in some really bad situations. So Drew won't win, but he'll be really productive. Here's how. Here's how you know this seems wildly unlikely. I am looking at a list on ESPN of the current Heisman odds, at least as of July 26th. Um, the favorite is currently Sam Darnold at five to one. And you scroll down this list and you see, uh, let's see who some of the long shots are. All right. Uh, we got Wilton Spate. He's 50 to one. We got Derwin James. He's 50 to 1. Obviously, position comes into play there. Keep scrolling. Okay, we got uh, Nick Fitzgerald, Mississippi State. He's 100 to 1. We got White Mike. White Mike. WKU. 100 to 1 as well. But here's what really worries me Drew Locke is not on this list. <laughs> Danny, Danny, wow. Danny, Danny Etling is. At also at 100 to 1. Danny Etling, the Purdue transfer who plays at LSU, the odds makers have said, yes, we think it is important to give people the opportunity to bet and win money on that player winning the Heisman. Drew Locke, not so much. Man. It's, uh, it's not great. That's rough. And then, yeah, Drew Locke, by the way, got fat on some easy competition. Like, no, through 23 TDs. Yeah, five of them are against Delaware State. This is from at Pat X Shea, Patrick Shea, which is Minnesota beats a 9-0 Michigan. PJ flex everything greater than sign. Harbaugh's enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And just to drive the point home, Patrick included a picture of, of Cartoon Spider-Man pointing at Cartoon Spider-Man. <laughs> Cartoon Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite weird, or as I, I weird Spider Man is what I prefer to call him because yeah. So so th- so this requires Michigan to go nine and zero to start the season, right? Correct. So we're already having. There's already one contingency in there. Eight eight no, they only play eight games before Minnesota, but um, right. So screw screw you ha- screw you so for saying they're going to beat Florida, even though that's probably the case. Unless there's a hurricane that causes the game to be rescheduled, you always have to keep that in mind. Jeremy Foley's weather machine. 
So they would have to do that, right? So they have to go 8-0. They have to beat Florida. Yeah, Florida Florida, and Penn State are the only two games on here that should give you major pause. Um, they do play Air Force, which Air Force can give you weirdness sometimes. But, you know, I don't think that's one that we're seriously concerned about. So, yeah, let's go ahead and say uh, that we're comfortable with the 8-0 possibility. Yeah. I will tell you one reason that it might be difficult for yeah. Minnesota to pull that off. The week before, they play Iowa. Uh, which, if I was going to do one thing, they're going to make you feel very bad, right? Win, sure. lose, Iowa will make you feel very bad because all they have are body blows. <laughs> That's especially true win, this year because lose, watch. Yeah, win, lose, watch. Merely think Basi- about in some occasions. Basically, Iowa is the eat this 128 ounce steak and it's free, <laughs> where it's like you'll maybe you win, maybe you lose. Either way your bowel is going to be severely impacted. It's where you discover that there's no such thing as a free 128-ounce steak. You're not going to poop right for three days, and no, the steak is not of high quality. Iowa football, you're not going to poop right for three days. <laughs> I, would, I, by the, by, I would just say there is no fan base that would be more irritated by losing to a particular coach than Michigan losing to P.J. Fleck. Nothing. What is what is what? Okay, so so there are three possibilities there for how you rationalize it. If you're Michigan fans, one is you insist that Minnesota is a very good team and PJ Flex a very good coach, and there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two is to insist that they cheated. Yeah. And three is to insist that it doesn't matter. Well, knowing Michigan fans, I think we know two is in play. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, knowing knowing Michigan fans uh, online and in, on message boards and all that, two, two is probably already being prepared. They probably already have dossiers on all their opponents. Right. I'm going to go ahead and rule one out. I don't think they're willing to do that for Michigan. No, they, they won't be giving P.J. Fleck any credit. No. If this does come to if, – if, if it comes down to a spot – like I, would, like, I want you to just hypothetically, I want you to start cackling at this hypothetical. If they're like, and they're going to have to measure. It just seems like, no! But, but flip it, and it's Michigan trying to get the first down. And they're like, nope, the ball is short. Minnesota nope. ball. As you can see, he's basically right on the line, but not over it. So we're going to say he didn't get it. That's what we usually do. Game over. And it'll it'll um, be bad, and then PJ Flex post game speech will make it so much worse. I just thought we competed and everything. We just we wanted it more, and we're better people. <laughs> that's, that's all they'll hear anyway, right? <laughs> be like, it was a good game, and I thought both teams played really well. It'll be like, blah blah blah. We're better people. Um, this next question comes from one foot down at one foot down SB Nation's Notre Dame site. Uh. We did not preview Notre Dame football. We're not sorry about that. It's well, better we didn't, for everyone. We, we didn't do mid-majors yet. Yeah. One foot down's question. Notre Dame, or statement, Notre Dame beats Navy. Navy, uh, Bill's numbers say that Navy has a 15% chance to beat Notre Dame. The projected scoring margin is that Notre Dame wins this game by 18 points. It is by far... The hardest game on Notre Dame's uh, on Navy's schedule, the one that that Bill says they are least likely to win. They can't. Yeah, y'all got to beat Navy this year, right? Oh, oh yeah. Because if if they don't beat Navy, then that hypothetical Notre Dame sweepstakes we've been talking about, where Brian Kelly ends up taking the old Miss job, <laughs> like yeah, that's that's a. I mean, that, that's going. The flip side is, uh, on on the numbers on Bill's Notre Dame preview, there's only one team that Notre Dame is more favored to beat than Navy on their schedule, and that's Miami of Ohio. They, the, the Boston College game should be harder. The Temple game should be harder. The Wake Forest game, the win probability is lower than the Navy game. This is the last... Notre Dame home game of the season. It comes in between road trips to Miami and Stanford. My God, if they if they lose to Navy at home, Brian Kelly might not coach the Stanford game. 
On Bill's numbers, I think he'd probably tell you you might want to bump things up by about 10% there. So, Because <laughs> Navy's one of those teams that's just impossible to judge for, first because sure. of service academy rosters, and secondly because they're just good and better than they have any right to be. So like, let's call it more like 25% than 15%. But um, even so, I mean... Yeah, still, you should beat them as you... So they have played 90 times. Can you guess how many times Navy has won back-to-back games? I'm going to say none. I'm going to say it has not happened. I will say twice. It has happened four times. Once in the past 50 or 60... Once in the past, looks like 60 years. That was under Charlie Weiss. (laughs) Oh, no! And now Brian Kelly has a chance to join that club because... Yeah, Navy won last year. Navy has won uh, four times in the last decade. If you let Navy get to five and six, you've really got an infestation on your hands. You really need to do something about this. Shit. Notre Dame won this series 43 times in a row, and Navy is, well, they're two years away from putting pushing it to 500 over, over, over a recent stretch. Better not lose. Disgusting. I have one, which I think this is this is also extremely possible. <laughs> like, really, really super possible. It, it hurts. I'm going to say it, all right? Which is, at year two, David Wonderlick. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Yeah. Kirby Smart will pull a Will Muschamp and go 11-1 and in his second year, but not win the SEC East. <laughs> Don't ask me about the math. Don't ask me how the science works. I have faith. You know, quantum mechanics says yeah. you can pre-remember things, right? Like, at distance, sometimes you can have a premonition of something that has not happened yet, and that that's actually, by the math, entirely possible. In this one, I feel something in the future that I know is there and that we're all going to hit head on. And it's this. Yeah, you can do this. So let's review. Um, This is referring to the 2012 Florida season in which Florida beat number 23 Tennessee on the road, beat number four LSU at home, number nine South Carolina at home, number 10 Florida State on the road. Their single loss was in Jacksonville, Florida to number 12 Georgia, the team that uh, had one had one loss itself to South Carolina, but obviously won the tiebreaker, and went on to lose the SEC championship game to Alabama. Let's not clearly not in a painful way or negative, uh, long lasting implications whatsoever. So for this to happen, we need Georgia to lose to an SEC East team that also either goes undefeated or loses one game. How about this? Florida loses to Michigan and Florida State. Right. Totally, totally within the realms of reality, uh, but which does not affect the SEC race. Florida beats Georgia. Florida loses to, let's say, Kentucky. Okay. Um, Florida is now 9-3. and three. I don't think I can, I can make a loss to UAB or is that Northern Colorado happen? Uh, so let's park it at nine and three. But so okay. eleven and one Georgia loses the division to nine and three Florida. Yeah. Let's do this. Kentucky starts the year with a loss to Southern Miss. They lose their first conference game on the road week three to South Carolina. But then things turn around. They break the streak against Florida. They beat Mississippi State on the road. They beat Tennessee. They beat Ole Miss. They beat Vandy. In their last conference game of the year, they beat Georgia. And then they turn around and lose to Louisville and go to the (laughs) SEC Championship. Yes, going into the SEC Championship with as little momentum as possible. That would be perfect. That's the thing is if Georgia Georgia pulls this off, it, it requires them to do this against just some dumb team. It doesn't matter who it is. Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee. The dumber, the better. I I like South Carolina because we can also give them the La Tech loss. Now we're down to eight and four. Yeah. Eight and four champ. Saddle them up. 
<laughs> then you have Georgia fans like, we got to join the West. We got to join the SEC. We got to secede and start the SEC South. This is, this whole conference is biased against our interests. Yeah, I, I, I would I would interrupt by the way to say to say this. It's a very important point to make. I think in all this that we're very smart for figuring out ways to do this, right? But you know what is even smarter than figuring out how to do that? That would be subscribing and joining the Dollar Shave Club. Oh, that's Ooh. right. It's time to talk about the Dollar Shave Club. Now, you might ask, Spencer, I've seen your beautiful visage, and while you may be many things, clean-shaven is not one of them. That's right. What I have is a curse, and I'm forced to keep it. All right. Lycanthropy. It is. It is. It's lycanthropy. Every month, a new full moon comes, and with it brings the curse which I cannot shed, which is body hair, and occasionally waking up naked in public spaces, often with inappropriate witnesses to what I have done. Yes, lycanthropy. It's destroyed my life and made me hairier than I can really handle. But if you're normal and you like the feeling of a smooth, bump-free face after a fresh, clean shave, you should join Dollar Shave Club. That's right. It's a great price. It's conveniently delivered right to your door. You no longer have to buy a cheap razor. You no longer have to spend a fortune on, you know, whatever nine-blade razor you people who can shave and are cursed with the ancient Romanian like burden i have to wear no dollar shave club brings it right to your house and in fact in fact for a limited time new members can get the first month of the executive razor with the dr carver shave butter for only five dollars that's with free shipping and after that just a few bucks a month for your razors that's fifteen dollars of value for only five dollars five american dollars in your first month box, you get a weighty handle, full cassette, four cartridges, and a tube of the shave butter. That's uh, After that, they ship automatically at regular price. Again, no commitments, no hidden fees, no immortal curse, which you can only pass on by biting another person. And you can cancel anytime you like. Use offer code bite a homeless person. That's not the offer code, Ryan. There's no negotiating with the ad copy. Just like lycanthropy. Its terms are complete and you have to finish them. I'll remind you of this next time I break into your house to eat everything after your out of your refrigerator. That's the dollarshaveclub.com. You can use the promo code fullcast. That's right. You can use the promo code fullcast. And uncover that beautiful face, adored and loved by at least two people in this world, possibly hundreds, depending on your varying degree of attractiveness. If you're listening to this podcast, that number really could vary quite a lot. There's no telling. We have attractive listeners. We have some people who are pretty homely. We have some people who, you know, frankly, lycanthropy might be a look for you. I can help you with that. But Dollar Shave Club, promo code FULLCAST. Do it. Don't be a werewolf. It's a hell. Ow! It's a hell that I have to live in. It's nowhere near as festive as science fiction, horror, and fantasy would make it seem. The real shame is that you're you're a werewolf in a southern clime. That's that's where you really screw up. Man, you know they never thought about that, did they? Like, nah. Or, that's yeah. It just looks uncomfortable. It's like sweaty. It's like hot. It's like being a hot weather goth all the time. <laughs> Speaking of goth, Harrison Emery at Harry Emery. Um, his prediction is pretty simple. Longhorns go four and eight. Wow. Look look at the schedule and tell me it's impossible. Your non-conference games versus Maryland at home, which we've already talked about the scenario in which the, Maryland beats you and still has a terrible year, at USC San, uh, versus San Jose State. So we'll give you San Jose State there. That one's fine. Now you have to get three, but only three wins in conference. Iowa State will give you that one. Kansas will give you that one, even though you've proven that that's not necessarily true or fair. Texas Tech will give you that one too. Uh, you know what? 
we'll swap. We'll give you Baylor instead of Kansas. You yeah. Know, I'm not going to give you something you haven't earned for yourself. Yeah. You got to prove Fair. that you can be responsible for. You know what? If you can be, if you can keep this goldfish alive for two weeks, we can talk about you getting a Kansas win, but not before then. Other than that, I mean, K State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Dub V. Yeah, these are all teams that correct your shit. Not not afraid to say that. Yeah. Four and eight, absolutely on the table here. Will it matter? Probably not. Will it be hilarious? Yes. One thousand percent. I believe we have a final one to really bring this home. Please. Which would be and I don't really I mean I kinda of want them to be to be back, but it's it's this that it's that uh, it's Mark Amansky at Mark Amansky on Twitter. Da you remains not back. To bring you up to speed, the running gag being that the U is back like twelve times in a row. Like Randy Shannon's third year or second year, like, oh the U is back. No, they weren't. They weren't. They got a quarterback. They didn't have one. Man, Al Golden's really gonna rebuild this, ain't he? Uh no. Al Golden, in fact, didn't did not rebuild this. And that's uh th- this is the running gag bringing you up to speed. Uh Miami not being back. Crack out that schedule, all right? Because it's kind of interesting when you look at it. Because is it easy? No, no. This is this is not an easy football schedule at all. Uh, Because your your third game of the year is at Florida State. Florida State, they're they're really good this year. They could be really really good. Uh, You got to go to UNC. That won't be fun. It's just not. It's not an easy trip. You get Notre Dame at home. But you still have to play Notre Dame at home. And Notre Dame could be pretty good. There's a lot of things that can happen there. You got to play Virginia Tech. Um, you got to play Pitt and Virginia to end the season, which I will tell you, not not a cakewalk in, in any respect with either of those teams, especially back-to-back. So a tough, like, five-game stretch to finish, right? And then uh, a pretty cakey start. So... We might have, I think, the false signal of the U is back up until October, and then we'll see if that's actually true. No, the U's back. <laughs> this is always the rebuttal. <laughs> I don't know, man. The U might not be back. Counterpoint: the U is no. back. No, the U, the U is totally 